Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Jimmy is an 83-year-old longtime patient. He has atrial fibrillation, type 2 diabetes, and as a longtime smoker, has developed COPD. He's just recovering from his second COPD exacerbation in the last five months and comes in today for follow-up. He finished his prednisone and antibiotic and is currently using his teotropian inhaler sometimes and his albuterol multiple times per day but just when things act up. He lives alone in his apartment, has always had a pet dog, and still smokes about a half pack a day, sometimes more. He does so when he spends too much time sitting around at home. You wonder, besides smoking cessation, what else we can do to help lower Jimmy's risk of having a recurrent COPD exacerbation? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School in Worcester, and assistant professor in the Department of PA Studies at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and the Health Sciences University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Frank. How's it going? Going okay. Good. I saw two patients this morning with COPD exacerbation. So what can you tell us about how air pollution affects outcomes in those with respiratory illnesses like COPD and asthma? Well, um, it's it's trying desperately hard to be spring here in New England. And so the amount of allergens in the air have gone way up. But uh, and, and we recognize that environmental influences on our patients with asthma and COPD as they come around uh, based upon the season. What we tend to forget is the influence of outdoor air pollution, in particular on COPD. Um, Outdoor air pollution um, can alter lung function and actually increases um, COPD prevalence. So even when people aren't smoking, patients who live in regions where air pollution is high have lower lung function equivalent to smoking and aging. Uh, So the impact of air pollution probably can't be uh, overstated. Uh, It had approximately twice the impact on lung function decline and three times the increased COPD risk among lower socioeconomic patients compared to higher patients as well. So air pollution's influence isn't just something that's that's nebulous. It has true impact on lung function. And those most at risk are those who live in low socioeconomic settings. What about outdoor pollution and its effect on overall health? All right. Well, we, I, I, I talked about, about its ability to alter lung function in COPD. And as you might imagine, it has an impact otherwise. Diseases caused by pollution were responsible for about 9 million premature deaths. In fact, 16% of all deaths worldwide prior to COVID-19 epidemic were related to pollution associated with the air. It actually causes deaths more than three times the rate of HIV, AIDS, TB, and malaria combined. It kills more people than smoking, hunger, and natural disasters. And in some countries... Um, think about unregulated countries with high smog issues. It accounts for one 
in four deaths. So we, we, we have to begin our conversation um, thinking about what's going on in the environment and how it's influencing um, patient outcomes, especially those who already develop COPD. Mm. So it's pretty clear that outdoor pollutants and particulate matter increase COPD risks, which is quite remarkable. But what about indoor exposures? Yeah, I, I think I think um, we've been looking for a way to deal with indoor exposures for both our asthmatics and our patients with COPD for a while. Good data shows that um, when you decrease exposure to high particulate matter, you can improve lung function and lower COPD diagnoses. Well, what are those... What are those things that improve outcomes? Well, it turns out having excellent ventilation, especially around cooking, and having what are considered safer cooking fuels. So in the U.S., it's it's a little bit less of an issue with regards to fuels, but in other countries, it's a very common issue to have have a polluting, high particulate matter cooking fuel that that that, that food is cooked on. So good ventilation, safer cooking fuel, fuels are critical. Indoor temperature plays a role, believe it or not. In nursing homes, when the air warms, um, it increases the risk of uh, respiratory complications, especially COPD, and that risk goes up for a number of days. So if, as the weather starts turning warmer, if places where people with multiple chronic conditions don't have their temperature well-controlled, their environmental temperature well-controlled, like by air conditioning, their risks for respiratory exacerbations can also go up. So ventilation and temperature are both critically important to control in patients who are at risk for pulmonary complications. Hmm. So what can we do to help mitigate these indoor risks? Well, above, uh, in addition to those above, um, quite a while we've been looking at the role of high-efficiency particulate uh, filters in the home. And most of that data has been looking at those for asthma. Uh, A recent publication looked at patients with COPD, and they randomized them to having HEPA filters combined with carbon filters versus a control filter for six months. Okay, pretty straightforward. Put this filter, plug it in. It makes a little bit of a humming noise. Put it in the room where you spend most of your time. Let's see what happens. The, The requirements of the study were to uh, use the filter on 80% of the days of the study. And what they found is that having the filters in the room you primarily spent your time, the filters resulted in lower rescue medication use, improved symptom scores, fewer moderate exacerbations, and improved quality of life. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. How do we counsel Jimmy and others on the use of HEPA filters to lower their COPD risk? Well, as I said earlier, HEPA filters have have been studied, and and there's conflicting data in the world of asthma. But many patients who have asthma feel they're beneficial. Um, multimodal interventions have helped. You know, uh, think about someone who's low socioeconomic setting, lots of people in a small environment. Maybe there's a pet or two. Maybe there's a smoker. Um, the 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 use of filters haven't has not always been ge- demonstrated good efficacy in asthmatic patients yet there are plenty of people who have them who feel they're beneficial this is the first study to truly demonstrate an improvement in those with COPD where's the speed bump with this problem is that HEPA filters are not inexpensive probably the least expensive you can get away with for a small room is $150 and they go up quite a bit from there but 
they can go and you can get one that'll cover a fairly large room, 20 by 20 for about $250. But when you count that cost compared to the expense of a trip to an emergency department or even a monthly use of a combination Laba-Lama inhaler or multiple rounds of oral steroids and antibiotics, their costs become very, very globally effective. It would be great if insurance companies who identified high-risk populations would offer these as part of their care, but we can't even get them to offer good coverage of the medications these folks need. So that's probably a pipe dream. Um, Buying these filters, how to decide, tell patients, pick the room that you spend most of your time in, pick a filter that'll cover that, um, and turn it on. It needs to, most of them come, HEPA filters come with a small carbon filter attached. And the goal here is to just please remember to set a timer so that every three months you clean out the, the carbon filter in particular, you change the HEPA filter when it, when it tells you to, and, and, uh, and, and just try to lower the amount of particulate matter, either by ventilating your home better, opening some windows, getting cross circulation. And of course, limiting pet exposure and and tobacco exposure. Yeah, this is so great and really gives us some sort of other tangible thing we can offer to patients. I feel like you get to a certain point in your management of COPD and there's not much else to be done other than, you know, reducing smoking and medications, but this is really, really great, uh, a really great finding. So thank you. Thank you, Jillian. I appreciate it. Practice pointer. For patients with COPD, especially those who have recurrent exacerbations, among your other recommendations, consider recommending a HEPA filter to reduce that rate of exacerbation. Join us next time when we discuss the role of oral and topical agents for male pattern baldness. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.